Welcome to the Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey podcast from Hunter Road Media and MikeRicksecker.com. So today we're going to be doing a Stranger Things Season 3 review. So if you don't want to be spoiled, if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want spoilers, you may as well just go ahead and leave now, unfortunately. And uh, just, you know, come back after you've watched it because there are going to be spoilers here. I thought long and hard about it and decided, yeah, there's not really a way I can get out of doing a spoiler-free episode about this. So I stayed mostly spoiler-free on my Dark Season 2 review, but just with the things that happened within this season of Stranger Things, I just don't see how I'm going to be able to do it. So there you go. I think I gave you ample time to go ahead and back out if you don't want spoilers. So Stranger Things Season 3. Uh, now we do the Inside the Upside Down show, which Inside the Upside Down, of course, is themed off of Stranger Things, uh, with the Upside Down. We don't really get too much of the Upside Down in season three, Uh, a lot of references to it and a couple of flashbacks, but we don't actually, except for like one brief moment with Billy, uh, we do actually, uh, see it there, but we don't, uh, throughout the rest of the season so yeah as far as the the podcast here it's like ah, i wish we would have gotten a little bit more of the upside down but it's all right so this season was really it was like two different sides two different stories now they were both related and they had a lot to do with each other of course but basically you had the two factions you had dustin and steve who were basically trying to thwart the russians yes it's 1985 and there's a lot going on with the soviet union at this time uh united states versus soviet union the two superpowers of the world at that point in our history and so they dive straight into that in which basically the russians have invaded the united states not really the united states but they have infiltrated the united states in any case to hawkins indiana specifically for this uh, anomaly that is there in which we've already seen in the first two seasons of Stranger Things. On the flip side of that is all the weirdness that's going on with Billy, who's basically been taken over by the Mind Flayer. So it's a it's a Mind Flayer redo. And it's taking a different shape, a different form. And I guess the idea is that a part of it stayed within our world and is trying to reconstruct itself First, by using rats, and basically they kind of melt and form this thing, and then later on with humans. So a very um, strange way of putting itself together. And that's what basically the rest of the other kids are doing. Mike, Eleven, um, Lucas, all of them. uh, That's what they're dealing with. Nobody else seems to really even know about the Russians whatsoever until the very end. So it's really these two stories that are kind of paralleling each other throughout season three, and they combine and culminate, come to a climax at the end. Now to start off 
the season, instead of diving right into all the supernatural sci-fi stuff, they catch you up on the characters and what they're doing, which, you know, is fantastic, of course, for character development. And shows like this really need that to keep people engaged. And, of course, with Stranger Things, there's always been that charm, especially for people of my generation having grown up in the 80s and... I've mentioned it in other shows and podcasts before that I really connect with Mike from like the very opening scene of uh, Stranger Things number one where the the four boys are sitting there playing D&D and he was the dungeon master Um, and it was exactly my role I mean at that age at that point in the 80s of course, his name is Mike. My name is Mike. And he even had like the same mobby black hair that I did. So it was like, oh, my God, this kid is me. So there's been like a massive sense of charm and nostalgia with this show for people in my generation. And what's great is that kids of this generation are connecting with the characters. And so um, it, it's really been a great ride for these different generations, the the kids of today being introduced to our world of the 80s, and then my generation basically kind of almost reliving uh, our past, which is uh, pretty cool. You know, you just see some different subtle things in, in the background, on the on the kitchen counters, and you know all those sorts of things. It could just be like a box of cereal, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember when that cereal used to make their box like that. So. All that stuff has been very, very cool. So the season starts off more on the character side. Mike and Eleven are in you know full swing now, kissing, making out all the time. Uh, so you got a lot of, because they're growing up, they're getting a little bit older. You start to get into that more teeny bopper type of stuff going on. And of course, Hopper has all this uh, angst about uh, Eleven and Mike. You know, spending too much time together. Of course, being the type of uh, dad that he is, you know, he tries to thwart all of that. So um, that creates a lot of angst uh, between the kids. And so that plays into the first few episodes. Once the once the sci-fi part of it starts rolling and, and coming into play, that all that stuff with the kids, all that. Uh, I don't even think they're in high school yet. What are they, junior high? All that junior high drama kind of goes by the wayside. You realize, hey, you know, we're we're friends. We're you know, we're partners. We're lovers. Whatever. Um, you know, so it doesn't matter. All the garbage. We need to come together and do this and, and take care of this problem. So, um, all that is well done. All that's well played. My concern going into season three really was restarting the storyline again um it was kind of hard to imagine in season two like oh my gosh we're we're going down this road again what in the world could they possibly you know dig up in this small town in indiana and i thought they did it pretty well with season three when they go back to the mind flayer you know it's something that they did in season two um and so I I had a lot of reservations about it because it was, even though it's taking a different form, um, it's still kind of a rehash of what they did in season two. So 
that left me wanting a bit more because I don't think we really explored more of this world of the upside down and what's going on with the mind flayers and Demi Gorgons and in all of that. You know, maybe there's uh, something else that they could have explored within that world instead of just kind of rehashing the, the mind flayer. Even though it's in a different form and doing different things, it's really kind of the same thing. All they really introduced with season three, and there is going to be a season four. So everything didn't need to rest on this particular season. I think they could have left off on this, um, and, and and this could have been the wrap up. Um, but there is room for season four to explore more. Their take on this was to introduce the Russians' interest in this world and these mind flayers and demigorgons and in fact that's really where season three leaves off we didn't see a demigorgon the entire season until the very last moment of the season and so they're obviously going to go down that route again it does make me concerned of course for season four because it's like oh, we're going to rehash that now we rehash mind flayers for, se for season three rehash of demigorgons for season four looks like i just wish they'd kind of explore some new territory and maybe they thought the new territory was introducing the russians i don't know it's, it seemed like the russians were trying to do very very similar things to what the americans did it's just russians instead of americans so a lot of parts of season three that seemed like a bit of a rehash to me they did throw in some different uh twists especially toward the end um, major, major, major spoiler here. So if you've gone this far thinking, ah, it's just going to be some minor stuff and I'm okay with that. If you haven't seen the end of season three, you might want to stop now because I'm going to go to a major, major spoiler. Okay, I gave you some time. That's with Hopper. Now, it looked like they were finally getting Hopper and Joyce together. I mean, we've been looking for that since season one. Bob Newby came into play in season two. Fine. We lo all love Sean Austin because of Lord of the Rings and Goonies and all that. Um, there, there were a couple flashbacks to him, which were, I, I think, uh, pretty well done. But it looked like at the end, they're finally going to get Joyce and Hopper together, only for Hopper to bite the big one at the end. Um, basically sacrificing himself so that Joyce could do what she needed to do to blow up this thing that the Russians were doing. So given that and the fact that Joyce did end up moving, taking her boys, and she ends up with Eleven um, out of town, seems like a great, I don't even want to say great, it seems like a place where you could wrap up the show, especially since they're leaving town. Um, but they're going to go with the season four. So at, at the very end, the last scene where they're in Kamchatka, Russia, which if you ever played Risk, that's the, uh, that's that Asian country. It's all the way on the right-hand side of the board. <laughs> um, they, they grab, they grab a guy and feed him to the Demigorgon. However, they make a comment saying, no, not the American. They, they were going to a different cell because it's a prison they're going to a different cell to begin with and they end up going and, and grabbing this other guy who apparently was a russian and said no not the american so there's a lot of speculation that this american could be hopper if that is the case 
very cool great hoppers alive he and joyce can finally get together at the end of at the end of all things they're finally together i guess i just question how they're going to explain that one because you see at that uh at that climax there in season three where everything's blowing up in that room that the other technicians that were down in the room got obliterated the guy that hopper was fighting well he was already i guess dead anyway but basically he was obliterated how in the world does hopper who was standing right next to this device at that moment survive and it would have to be you know one of the russians grabbing him because basically when the u.s troops came in all the russians were gone they didn't capture anybody but you're going to tell me that these russians captured hopper rather than save any of their technicians in some split second i have a hard time buying that one i mean bringing him back and having him reunite with with joyce with 11 great um sure that'd be a teary-eyed moment but i still just i kind of question some of the logic and where they're going with with some of the story um you know they had a moment there at the end with with 11 and mike the whole i love you and you know i wonder i wonder what they're going to do with them in the upcoming season four being away are they going to be too far away is that going to split them up it makes you wonder where they're going to end up going with this um you know one of the part of the charm of the show was everybody being together and i realized in a real life people move they go their separate ways um but it was kind of almost that goonies type of atmosphere with all the kids getting into all this mischief um yes realistic in this in the sense that they're moving away takes away from that charm uh because they're no longer all going to be together i imagine they'll probably in the long run separate ellen mike like for good and then if that american is hopper then they'll bring hopper and joyce back together but you wonder how that might pan out because Joyce is not going to be in Hawkins. Now, I suppose with Hopper not there, he would no longer have a job anyway. So it makes you wonder for season four. And it does give me some reservations for season four. Like I already had reservations about season three. I thought seasons one and two were awesome. Absolutely fantastic. I was okay with season three. I thought it was good. Just not on the same level as one and two. And I wonder progressing forward as they go down this whole uh, storyline with the russians how much they can muddle it up they they believe the producers uh they may be able to wrap it all up in season four they may go with the season five but i guess not beyond that so they've they've pretty much said that it's going to be uh, a four season series five at the most not beyond that so we shall see how well they hold up to that. Oh, and I guess the other thing that I'll throw in there was it was cool to see the American Mall in its full glory once again. That's, you know, my generation, that's kind of what we grew up on. In the towns that I was in, I had to travel to get to a mall. But 
you know, we we got to see those malls in their full glory. Uh, the last couple of decades has re- have really seen the decline and decimation of the Great American Mall. And I totally get it. I totally understand it because they were so expensive for the stores to be in there and pay those rents. But, you know, you kind of had to because all the heating and cooling was such a large space that they had to, you know, contribute as far as the, you know, rent into that. So it made everything really expensive to go. And then you have, you know, like the outlets and, you know, the 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 strip mall stores figured out how to do it better and so we started shopping there again because the prices were lower and the balls died so it was kind of cool to see the uh the american mall in its full glory once again um i mean there are still malls out there of course um and then you know you have like your mega malls like mall of america and stuff like that but um it's not like it was uh back in the 70s and 80s when these malls were in there at, at the height of their of their glory so that was very cool to see also i'll throw out this little prediction for for season four steve will get a girlfriend in season four <laughs> everybody thought that the whole steve robin thing was going to happen of course uh it did not but um i i don't think he'll strike out in season four i think he'll find somebody yeah they're gonna have to introduce some new characters anyways because they're killing people off now so um good luck steve <laughs> okay well that will wrap up my uh Stranger Things Season 3 review. Again, I thought it was a good season, just not great and on par with Seasons 1 and 2. I am concerned about Season 4, continuing to go down the route uh, with the Russians. You got to see Paul Reiser in there really briefly as a cameo, so it seems like they're going to uh, explore more with Paul Reiser, which would be pretty cool. I like Paul Reiser. And so... um, yeah, from my understanding, we won't have to wait as long for season four either. So I could be wrong on that, but from everything that I've read and seen so far, it might not be as long of a wait. So hopefully that is the case because these kids do age pretty quickly. 